Well, welcome to the very first Sunday of 2020, the first service of a decade. We're glad you're here. Congratulations on having perfect church attendance for the year. Way to, way to go. I want to welcome all of those that are uh, right now online watching and tuning in with us. We're so glad you're a part of our friends and family here at Faith Church. Psalm 92 is where I want to start this morning. Psalms 92 verses 12 through 14. This is kind of a hallmark verse for us as a church, and it's going to kind of help set the tone and uh, the path that we're going to go on this uh, over the next several weeks as we kick off this new series entitled Seeds. Psalms 92, this is what the word says. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. I love the promise that God gives to us that when we're planted in his house, we flourish. I I believe that when we're planted in the right place, in the right environment, In the right soil, we can see growth and we can flourish in every area of our life. Can can I just kind of spoiler alert for just a minute today? I have a hope that through this year and especially through this series that you would flourish. I want to see you experience God's best in every arena of your life. I don't want you to live second rate, second best. I don't want you to to wonder if what God is up to is good. I want you to know that God is good, that he has good plans for you, and that he wants you to have your life flourish, to grow, to be green and fresh every arena of your life. You know, as we get started in this new year, a lot of people have this phrase that, that you see around all the time, new year, new me. And I think sometimes we get a little pessimistic and and skeptical in our society today. I think we've gotten really rather skeptical, if if, if I'm going to be completely transparent. I think a lot of times we see those things, we're like, yeah, yeah, just give it two weeks. And so many people are like, yeah, yeah, just give it two weeks. And so we don't bother to set goals for the year. We don't bother to set uh, New Year's resolutions because we don't want to be those people that start something and then we stop because how dare we try and live a hypocritical life. And I think a lot of us live and wrestle with that tension, and so most of us never set goals. We never get somewhere. But as we're going to look today, I want to I offer a different uh, kind of theory, if you will. It's not so much the goal that you set that's wrong. It's the little choices that you have to make along the way to accomplish the goal that you don't really identify or realize. I, I think it's the little choices in our lives that play. That, that combine and grow to something that really flourishes and is successful. It, if, if you want to uh, be a great parent this year, and maybe your goal is to be more engaging and present as a parent, that's a great goal. There's nothing wrong with that re- New Year's resolution, if you will. But if you never take the small steps to remove the TVs out of every room, if you never make a time where you're, or a day where you're going to put your phone away at night, if you never intentionally calendar a day of intentional fun and engagement or a game night as a family or a night out, you're not going to accomplish your goal. It's not going to happen by osmosis. 
It's not going to happen because you write it, you tag it, you, you even pray about it necessarily. It's going to happen when you make a small decision that stacks on another small decision that's going to lead you to the place and the person that you want to be this year. I don't think it's wrong to have goals. I don't think it's wrong to have New Year's resolutions. But I think that we need to understand that it is the small decisions, the small seeds that we plant daily that produce a harvest and produce something that flourishes or not in our lives. I think it's those little things. And and throughout this series, that's really what I want to help you to understand is what is the process of doing the small things over time that will help you live out Psalm 92 where you are flourishing in in every arena? Because one of the things that, that you need to understand about flourishing trees that we read in Psalm 92 is that your environment often determines your success. The environment in which something is planted, the the soil and the season with which it is planted will determine its success. Uh, It's possible that the one limiting factor to your goals this year to being accomplished, to your your spiritual direction that you want to go, is the environment in which you operate and live. The environment in which you plant, plant the seeds. Psalm tells us that when you're planted in the house of God, when you're planted in the right house, when you're planted in the right greenhouse, you're going to flourish. You can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Let me say it one more time in another way for all those people who are still waking up and haven't had their coffee yet this morning. You can't change the people around you. You don't have the power to do that but you can change the people that surround you. See, your environment will determine your success. And that's why I encourage us at the start of every year to make a commitment to get planted, to be consistent, to go all in with the people of God. It's not a perfect place. We're not a perfect people. We're hypocritical. We're judgmental. We've got ideas and opinions. We don't get it right all the time. We ain't perfect, and we ain't pretending to be perfect. But we are in pursuit of a God who loves us, who redeems us, and we recognize fully that we have a need for a Savior, and his name is Jesus. And we just decide that if we're going to pursue the right things, if we can plant the right seeds and, and, and get the right environment and the soil and the season can be right, we just believe that God can flourish and grow and we can see that health on the other side of things in our lives. And I want that for you. And I think this is why 21 days of, of prayer and fasting is a great way to start the year. I, I want to challenge you to make the commitment to do the 21 days of prayer with us, to fast something. Some of it may just be social media, it may be other entertainment, it may be types of food, it may be uh, uh, whole days where you're not eating anything at all, it may be a a combination of all sorts of things, and if you're trying to figure out what what should you fast, you could go to our central hub, click on the 21 day of prayer card, and and there's a, a list of options, of ways that you could participate in the fast. I want to challenge you to do it. Some of you are like, well, I'm not going to text in. Well, that's fine. You can pick up one of these little handouts that we've got at our next step counter, and it lists all the 21-day prayer points that we're going to have. We have one point every day for 21s that we are focusing our prayers. And the challenge is this, to take two minutes every day to pray for that one thing. Two minutes every day to pray for that one. Two minutes to pray for one thing 
for 21 days. Trying to make it as easy to remember as possible, folks. We want to help you to do this. 21 days, let's get focused in our prayer. And you know what I love about us as a church joining in and doing this is that we're not doing it by ourselves. Because sometimes when you're doing things with other people, it sets the environment that surrounds you and helps set you up for success. So the more of us that are doing it, the more chances of success more of us have because there's more people that surround us. Why? Because your environment and what you surround the seed or the decision and the choice with determines the success that you'll have. And we want you to flourish. And, and I want to show you this a little bit more in detail today, why, why the surroundings and the environment that you plant your choice, you plant your seeds in, why it matters so much. Look, Join me in Mark chapter 4. This is kind of going to be our, our main text this morning. Mark chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1. Mark is the second book of the New Testament. It's the second of the four Gospels, if you will. And uh, Mark is great. He's kind of a quick-hitting uh, kind of a, a writer. He's telling stories, and he loves to use the words like immediately and suddenly and then and right after. And he's just like boom, 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 boom. A lot of men like to read Mark because it's like bottom line. All, let's get to the main point right here. Let's go. And Mark doesn't pull any punches. He just hits you with the events and the occurrences and what Jesus says. And, and he records in Mark chapter 4 a, a parable or a story that Jesus told that Jesus himself said, if you will understand this one parable, you will have insight into how the entire kingdom of God works. If you want to flourish and succeed as a Christ follower, he says, make sure you understand this one parable. So let's start our year understanding this one thing, that if we can understand it and grab a hold of it, we have a better chance of success for the remaining part of our year. Mark Chapter 4, starting in verse 1, this is, this is what Jesus said. It goes like this, and again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd gathered around him. L look at this. The crowd gathered around Jesus. It was so large that he got into a boat and sitting in it out on the lake. And while there were people all along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. And this is what he said. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil at all, sprang up quickly and because the soil was shallow. But then when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no real root, no place to, to have root. Verse 7, other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up, and it choked out the plants, so they did not bear again. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. I love this. Jesus was telling us that the soil matters. 
Because if you plant your seed, if you plant your decision, if you plant your choices, if you, if you plant your life in the right soil, it has exponential power within the seed itself to multiply and produce something beyond a single seed to something that is more, some 30, some 60, some hundredfold in its ability to produce. Which means that in one choice that you make, in one decision that you make, in the little seeds of faith in your life has the ability to produce life change exponentially to what you are willing to put into it even. Because God has a way of taking your little and making it a lot more, making it go a lot further. I want you to understand something this morning. Number one, it's simply this, that the soil is critical to healthy results. The the soil is critical to the success of the seed. If your little decisions, if, if your hopes, if your dreams, if the desires, if the promises in your life, if the things that you're praying, if these are the seeds, if you want to see them uh, be healthy on the end, the soil matters. Uh, Jesus, I want you to understand in the parable, the seed was the same in all four soil types. Same seed, different results. What was the difference? The soil was all different. The environment the seed was planted in was all different. Why? Because the environment often determines the success. The problem isn't the seed. The problem isn't the goal. The problem isn't the promise that God has given you. It's what you do with it. It's the environment that you surround it. It's whether or not you plant it in the right soil. The soil is critical to a healthy result. Your goal last year wasn't a bad goal. That's not why it didn't happen. I think a lot of times we look at our lives and we, we have this fair-weather Christianity approach to life where we say, well, it didn't happen. It must have not been God's will. No, you were lazy. I don't put that off on God. Like, like you didn't want to work at your marriage, so your marriage didn't get any better. Don't put that on God. It's not God's will for your marriage to stay where it's at. Well, I didn't really lose the weight that I wanted to last year. Must not have been God's will. What? Right, like, well, I, I didn't really grow in my, I didn't get the promotion at work. It must have not have been God's will. No, maybe it was the fact that you were constantly gossip, streaming Facebook, and you're not being diligent in your work that didn't get you there. It was the little choices. It wasn't your goal. It wasn't your hope. It wasn't your dream that was the problem. The seed wasn't the issue. It was what you did with the seed. It's maybe what you did with the seed. It's what I did with the seed. That's that's the issue. That's the problem. The seed isn't the problem. It's the soil that often determines what it is. See, the soil in this parable, it was too shallow, too rocky, too trampled, too, too thorny. But there was one soil that was really good, and it produced exponentially. It produced more than what they planted. They planted one seed, and it produced a multiplied Results. I want you to understand, not only is the soil critical to a healthy result, but, but secondly, I want us to understand today this principle, that the soil in this parable represents your heart. It, it doesn't actually represent the dirt that you have in your backyard. It doesn't represent anything other than the soil represents your heart, which means that your heart is either shallow, full of stones and rocks, got thorns growing in it, or it's healthy and rich and well-fertilized. Your heart 
is the soil that matters to the seed that you're wanting to plant. It's your heart. Your heart is the soil. And in this parable, Jesus says that that one soil type was the, the shallow path. This is the path where everything probably felt good in the moment. There was lots of travelers on the path. Everybody was doing it. There was some excitement, but there was no follow through. This is, these are the people that, that hear God's word. They're a part of the church. They're listening every week. They're like, I love that message, but they never take a next step to grow in their faith. They hear opportunities about giving, about serving, about joining, texting in to pray, and they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. I love it. I'm so glad we're doing this. Look at what we're doing. Yay. But they themselves never get off their seat and take a next step. This is the shallow path where it's, Exciting in the moment, but the minute you walk out the doors, something comes and just swoops it away, and you never have any follow-through. I don't want us to be people who don't have any, any follow-through, any application to it. We don't just want to hear the word. We want to, and we want to do something about it. We want to take the steps necessary. We don't want to live with this shallow path in our heart. The, the second soil type was that rocky, that rocky heart. That heart that hasn't been well tended, the, the heart that's got boulders of offense, that, that soil, that heart that is just still deeply tainted and wounded and has never allowed God to heal it, that heart that is, is just more hard than it is soft, that is always more skeptical and judgmental and critical than it is trusting and willing to risk again. Everything in your life will require faith and trust. And a hard heart, a skeptical heart, a critical heart, it's not the kind of soil that allows life to grow long term. The second, the, the, the third type of soil that he talks about is this, this thorny soil. Where, where it goes in, it has a little bit of root, it starts to grow, but the thorns begin to choke out what was good that was growing. In other words, you planted it in a, in a decent spot. You started to see some change. You started to see some transformation. You, you had a few gains as the year progresses. Man, you really start feeling alive again. You really uh, start to feel like, oh, man, this, is, I, this might work. I might actually be able to do this. I might actually make, make progress. I might reach my goals this year. I might really see some change this year. I, I really might make some, turn some corners in my marriage. I might really change some things with my kids' environment and my, my temperature my home. It, man, I really might see some gains. I really might see some gains. And you start down the process. You, you join a team. You start giving. You, 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 you join a small group later on. You, you attend faithfully. You've got your own personal time. You do the 21 days of prayer. You're like, like you're in, you're going, you're going, you're going, but something comes along and chokes it out. Instead of just missing one Sunday, you miss another Sunday and another Sunday and another one. You you miss one morning with the Lord, and you miss, and then miss a second morning with the Lord, and a third morning. You, you were trusting fully in God, but then you begin to try and control the outcomes yourselves, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for wealth choke out what God had already started to do. What are the little idols in your life this year that finally need to be put away? What are the rocks and the thorns, the offenses, the hurts and the pains that you finally need to get out of your heart and move forward in freedom this year? The soil is your heart. 
Because when you can do those things and you can allow the soil to be planted and, and moved in the right way, then you will see a harvest. You will see the flourishing of your life when the seed gets planted in the right soil of your heart. So the soil is critical to a healthy seed. The, the soil is your heart. And, and I want you to understand this, this thought today as well is that the soil or your heart, it has to be cultivated. No one else is responsible for the condition of your heart but you. It's not what's happening in our political system that's responsible for how your heart is. It's not your spouse's responsibility. Newsflash, it's not my responsibility. It's yours. It's your heart. You know, uh, not too long ago, my wife wanted to plant a garden and uh, back in North Carolina where we lived, and, and one of the things that we had to do first before we planted this garden to have these vegetables start growing is we actually had to prepare the soil. We had to till it up. We had to get the rocks out. We had to remove all of the weeds. We had to add some topsoil and some fertilizer down. We had to, we had to do it. It, it, it. A garden would not succeed if all you did was get some seeds, dig a hole somewhere, and plant them in the plant them in the ground, water them, you're going to see some, some results, but not the results that they were intended to bring, simply because you didn't tend and cultivate the soil around. You need to cultivate your heart. You need to cultivate the hard places, the, the stony places, the weedy things in your life, the distracted places in your life. This is why fasting is such a powerful resource and opportunity for you personally. When you make a decision to fast, you are removing something of your normal life. You are disconnecting from something that you normally are connected to. You are removing something so that you can engage more with God through prayer. This is why fasting, this is why I encourage you, don't just do the 21 days of prayer and spend two minutes every day praying for one thing, but take it another step and fast something, give something up. Why? Because when you do that, you are removing something that normally you depend on, normally you go to. And when you remove it, it causes you to recognize, oh, wait a second, I've got, I've got more room now for God. I've got more room for what God wants to say. I've got more, more space in my heart to think about the Lord and to keep my heart. I can cultivate my heart a little bit more. And when you're fasting, a lot of times what i found is that when I start disconnecting from things, the Lord starts showing me things that I've allowed to grow that shouldn't be growing. And I take moments to repent and say, Lord, will you forgive me? Will you, will you help me here? And it softens again my heart. See, when you repent before the Lord and you come open and honest and transparent before the Lord, he, he begins to cultivate in you a new heart. He begins to cultivate in you this soil that is soft, that is ready to receive the promises of God, that is, that is ready to, to hear what God wants to say. It's, it's ready, but the soil or your heart, it must be cultivated, and you're the one to do it. You're the one to do it. No one else is in charge of it but you. As a church, we want to we help you. We want to encourage you. We want to give you resources to do it, but at the end of the day, it's a choice you have to make. I want to encourage you, recognize that the seed isn't the problem, it's the soil. And the soil is critical to a healthy result. The soil 
in this parable, it's all about your heart. And no one is responsible for the soil or the contents of the, the place in your heart but you. And when you bring your heart to the Lord, he has a way of making it new, making it fresh, making it alive, tilled up, fertilized, removed all of the debris and the rock and the things that were choking and, and, and that had been growing that don't need to grow. He has a way of doing that in us. So, so you might be saying, okay, pastor, I, I need to cultivate my heart. I need to tend to my heart, but how do I do that? Here's how. You cultivate your heart through times of prayer. That's it. You cultivate the soil of your heart when you make a decision to spend personal time praying. Let me, let me define what I mean by that. Number one, it's this, when you pray out loud. Well, the Lord can hear my thoughts. You're right, he can. But it's much better coming out of your mouth. Life and death are in the power of your tongue, not in the power of your intentions. If you want to breathe life into your spirit, into your heart, pray out loud. Not so loud that your neighbor can hear you, right? Like, like not so loud that you wake your children up in the morning, but loud enough that you can hear yourself. Loud enough that you can focus on what you're, you're saying. And when you pray out loud, you know what happens? Your thoughts follow what your words are saying. So, so you don't get as distracted, disoriented. You don't lose your train of thought. Why? Because you're using your mouth. Because what you say is what you think about. What you say is what you think about. So pray out loud. Num number two, way to, way, how do we cultivate our hearts through prayer? We, we pray out loud, but we pray and we believe. We pray and we believe. I want you to know that your prayers work. Your prayers work. Well, no, pastor, I, your prayers might work, pastor, but my prayers, they don't work. No, my prayers work for me. Your prayers work for you. You have the ability to pray and talk with God on your own. It's not your past. It's not uh, your upbringing. It's not your spiritual fervor. It's not your volume. It's not the wordiness of it. It is your words. And when you pray and you believe, that's a powerful combination. It's a powerful combination. That's why we're starting with like, here's one thing to pray about in these 21 days. Here's day one. Pray about this one thing and believe that it's going to come to pass. The Bible says if you pray and you believe, then you receive. Let's just pray and, and believe. Let's, let's just believe that God's big enough, that God can. Let's just believe that he cares about your life and he cares about my life and he cares about the things that are going on and he wants you to talk to him about them because he cares. He cares. Pray about it. Pray out loud. Pray and believe. And here's the, the third way. Pray consistently. Pray continually. If you, if you pray one day, but then you miss the second day, don't miss a third day. Just get back up and pray the next day. Pray as you're driving from appointment to appointment. Pray as you're making your kids lunch. Pray as you're doing the dishes for your wife. You like how I said that? You're welcome. That's free. Pray. Pray as you're fueling your car with gas, that God would give you life and energy. Pray, 
pray can just pray on the regular. The texts every morning at 721, you'll get a text that says, here, pray about this today. You do it for 21 days. So that's why we want you to sign up to text the keyword 21 days so that you have an ability to be consistent with this, to be consistent. You cultivate your own heart through prayer. When you pray out loud, when you pray and believe, and you just choose to pray consistently. Now, I, I can hear, I can hear all the yeah buts. Yeah, but, yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. When I go to pray, I get so distracted and I just can't, just can't do it. Yeah, yeah, but I, I get so distracted. That's why you pray out loud. Because it helps you fight the distractions. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but pastor, what if, what if I pray and it doesn't work? Because that's happened before. Yeah, yeah, me too. I also says sometimes we don't get what we pray for because we pray not according to the will of God. We're praying for selfish things, not for God's ways. Sometimes, sometimes we don't get what we pray for because the time isn't right yet, so that's why you keep praying. But, but, but what if it doesn't work? So it doesn't work. Can you not trust God to be God and trust that he's a good God? Yeah, but, yeah, but pastor, what if, what if, like, what if I'm not worthy to pray out loud to God? What if, what if, like, I said mean things and I've got filth in my heart, but what if I'm just not worthy? What if I just, it's not your worthiness anyways. Psalms 92 says it's the righteous that get planted in the right place. It's not your righteousness, it's Christ's righteousness. It's his goodness. It's his life. It's his forgiveness that makes you a son, that makes you a daughter, so that you can, with boldness and confidence, come before God's throne and make your petitions known to him. It's not your goodness. You've never been good enough a day in your life anyways. Yeah, but, can I tell you what my yeah, but is? See, is as a pastor, I, you could say I pray professionally. And I, I can pray one-on-one with somebody. Man, I can do it. I really can. I can pray in public in a gathering like this. I know how to pray the word. I know how to pray the promises of God scripture. I know how to pray and believe and have faith. I can pray in tongues. I can pray in English. Can't quite pray in Spanish. That's not good for me, but it helps me pray in tongues because I don't understand what I'm saying anyways. That's all good. Like I can pray in all sorts of ways. I can pray. I can pray for a long time. I can pray for a short time. I can pray for the food. I can pray with my kids before they go to bed. I can do all of that, but you know when I, I, I'm just not good at praying? When I'm all by myself. It's just me and God. For years, I struggled, distracted, not feeling worthy, not feeling like it's as effective. I don't feel anything when I'm by myself, and it's just me and God. But this year, this year, I'm planting the seed in a different soil. This year, I'm doing something different than I've ever done before. This year, I'm, I'm taking some steps that I've never taken before. 
I'm using some guided prayers. I'm using some other things. Why? Because I want to have a personal conversation with God out loud every day and nobody else is around. It's, it's the one area that when it comes to the spiritual disciplines, I don't do well with. But this year, I'm going to do it different. You may be in the same boat. You may have the same yeah buts. Can I just encourage you? This can be your year to cultivate a rich soil in your heart by making a decision to pray out loud, to pray and believe, and to pray continually, constantly. I'm going to do it. I want you to do it too. Why? Because when the soil gets fertile, the seed of God's promises have a good environment to grow healthy and strong. It all starts when we cultivate our heart in the right way and in the right place for the Lord. Would you bow your heads as we come to a moment of response? I think for many of us today, we've been hearing the word and we've been stirred and we've got our own yeah buts, but you don't understand this or I'm not good at it or I'm not worthy or I don't know what to say or but, but some of us today, we're making a commitment that no matter what our yeah buts are, we're gonna make a decision that we're gonna, we're gonna do the 21 days of prayer. We're gonna do it. We're gonna pray every day, two minutes for one thing. We're, we're gonna do that. If that's you and you're willing to make that commitment, say, yeah, forget the yeah buts. I'm gonna do it no matter what. That's, that's, my, that's the small step I'm doing. If you're in on that, would you just put your hand before the Lord and say, yeah, I'm in on that, Lord. I'm in on that. I can do it. No more yeah buts holding me back. I'm, I'm in on that. Lord, you see our hands. You know our hearts. Help us to, to be willing to take the next step, not just to lift our hands, but to text the keyword in and to, to join in with, with the church as a commitment, as a stance to say, God, we're in on this. We're in on this. Would you meet us in the moments when we're praying and we're with you? God, we want to be in on it with you. We're in on it. You can put your hands down as we're still praying this morning if you're here. And... Uh, Man, you know your heart's hard. You, you, you've not been surrendered to Jesus. You haven't trusted in him with your life. You don't have a relationship with Jesus, but today is your day. You want to have that relationship. You want to receive his forgiveness and grow in your faith. And today you're making a decision that you're not following yourself, but you're going to follow him. If that's you, would you just put your hand in the air? We want to pray with you. Say, I want to come to the Lord, and I want to surrender and give my life to him. I want to give my life to him. Church family, can we all pray this out loud together? Will you pray this? Nobody prays by themselves. Let's pray together. Say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus for me to die on a cross. I receive your forgiveness, your wholeness, your righteousness. Make me new again. I want to follow you. Thank you for loving me, for saving me, for rescuing me. I give you my all. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we rejoice with that one today who said yes and those online making that same decision? Amen. What a great start to the new year. If you're here and you need prayer for anything, our prayer team is available at the prayer spot. If you made that commitment, we want to give you a book uh, and help you take some next steps as you kind of pursue God in an uncomplicated way.
We love you. If you haven't, make sure you text 21 days, that keyword to our text line. Take the next step. Let's engage. Let's pray. And let's believe God to do big things this year. Amen? Hey, we love you. Be dismissed. Love on somebody as you go.